Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us this evening. Here we are on Word Up. Uh, my name's Ian Falks. I'm here with Ben and Pastor Akin uh, from Bright City Church. Lovely to have you all with us. Thank you for saying hello, everybody. Do comment and interact. This is an interactive uh, Bible study. Lovely to have you, Jay. Uh, that's Mrs. Aldis uh, coming to cheer Ben on. It's going to be a special episode for Ben tonight. Uh, so we're all looking forward to that. Good evening, Joy. Joy Saunders. Great to have you with us, Joy. Nikki. Hello, Nikki. Carolyn. Uh, hi, Jimmy. There's Anne and Matt. The Clarks are, are out in force. Fantastic. So great to have you with us, guys. We're going to have a great time together. So we are in the book of Revelation. Let me remind you the very fir first few words, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. We are looking at what must soon take place according to the scriptures. We've been through chapters one, two and three, some very important chapters looking at, you know, the seven churches. And uh, what we got from that was really, you know, an assessment of what God, um, what God likes, what Jesus Christ, you know, is pleased with, what kind of churches and kind of expressions of faith he's pleased with and, and that the kind of things he's not pleased with. And so uh, that was very good to look at those. Now we're into chapter four and we're going into a vision of heaven there's going to be a real vision of heaven in chapter four and five and then there'll be the opening of the scroll and and this is the release of you know some of the cataclysmic events that are predicted to come to the earth i just want to say i don't know if i've said this before on this particular channel but some of you may have heard of the doomsday clock have you guys heard of it out of interest ben and uh Tracking. It, it's a kind of, you know, assessment by, it's not, not Christian at all, by sort of scientists and, and sociologists and whoever, various, you know, experts that, that look at the, the conditions in the world and they're sort of doing a countdown as to, look, we can't go on much longer until, you know, doomsday, if you like. And, and the doomsday clock at present, if you look it up on your Google, is reading, you know, so many seconds to midnight. We're down to, according to them, that's nothing to do with Christianity. You know, this is just the, the people in out there, some of the authorities of science and whatnot say we can't go on for too much longer like this. So very interesting. Let's see what the, the word of God has to say about it. Any comments on what I've said so far, gents? Just uh, great. Can't wait to get into the throne room of heaven as we start this new this new bit of revelation. It's like a new section, isn't it? We've uh, yeah kind of dealt with the churches on earth, and now we're uh, we're going we're getting into the thick of it now. Fantastic, Absolutely. fantastic. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's like um, it's like you say. You know, that it's like the Lord has uh, spoken to the church, and He's kind of like set things in order in the church. And uh, phase one, you know, set things in order in, in amongst my people. And now, right, says John, right, let's say, come and have a look at heaven and see what's happening up here. <laughs> yes. Do we go and see what's happening up in heaven? Okay, here we go. So I'm going to read chapter four. It's a very short chapter. And it goes like this. 
After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me, like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. A rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were twenty-four other thrones, and seated on them were twenty-four elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the centre, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Okay, so we're, we're in this vision of heaven. So there was a door standing open after this, uh, John saw this door standing and a voice speaking to me like a trumpet saying, come up here. I'll show you what must take place. What, um, what do we think about this uh, beginning of this next part of the vision? Um, ben, do you want to kick us off with this one? Yeah. As we go into this next bit of revelation, we, I think we just need to remind ourselves that, uh, as we said in the beginning, you know, we're looking at something called apocalyptic literature which is, is very highly symbolic, but at the same time, there are some literal things in there that are, are to be looked at as seen, and some things are symbolic. And a thought just occurred to me, if uh, people have been watching Word Up for a while, we did go through, I think it was when we was in Mark, that at the time, there were those uh, of the persuasion that everything in Scripture should be spiritualised, uh, and it's all, all symbolic. And whereas the Hebrew mindset is a bit more practical, like some of it is what it is. So we're kind of surfing this line in between, like there's a lot of symbolic apocalyptic stuff, but yet it's from a Hebrew context, which is, you know, more kind of grounded in reality. So it, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. But as we start this bit, you know, 
and he's saying, looked up, I hold a door uh, standing open in heaven, and I heard the voice speaking like a trumpet. The first thing that uh, kind of occurred to me when I looked at this was when we looked at the Church of Philadelphia, and it says uh, the words of the Holy One, the one who has the true one, the one who has the key of David, it opens and no one will shut and shuts and no one will open. And this is, you know, kind of a bit representative of that. Like, here is the door to heaven. And uh, to John, I'm calling you up to give you a revelation of something uh, amazing, as we'll see. Um, but God grants that access to him to come up into heaven. Uh, one of the other things, I mean, it's a lot, a lot of groundwork you have to lay with some of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, that there are different approaches to revelation uh, mm. and you know, it can get confusing as to different views of different preachers um, and different theologies, if you like. Um, but some would say, uh, looking at this symbolically, that look, John is a symbol of the church being called up into heaven. And this is the rapture. You know, this is when Christians will be taken up into heaven by the Lord Jesus, uh, you know, and away from the earth that's just about to go through a lot of trouble. Uh, and they were pointing to this verse saying, well, look, there he goes, up he goes, and he's symbolic of heaven. Um, and also uh, uh, in the chapter, it says about there's seven torches of fire before the Lord. And there we go, look, well, there's the seven churches from the beginning of Revelation. They're in heaven. They've been raptured, you know, and they would look at stuff like that. And we were having a little discussion at the start saying that uh, if John is representative of the church going to heaven in, in the in the what's known as the rapture being taken up into heaven then uh it gets a bit difficult when you see that john actually gets sent back to earth again to measure out the temple and then he's taken back into heaven and then he comes back down into the wilderness later on on the earth so you've got if, mm. if he's representative of the church you've got a, like like you said ian you've got this yo-yo yo-yo church going up and down up and down <laughs> So it doesn't really, you know, make sense that, that this this points to to the rapture, uh, and I only bring this up because this is one of the things that I've come across and others have come across uh, in in commentaries saying that here we go, you know, God's calling us up to heaven, but yeah, here we go, like the the voice of the trumpet, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Uh, God's voice is a trumpet, you know, the power. Uh, that's there and there will be a trumpet when the you know god calls us to heaven there will be the sound of a trumpet the last trumpet that's mentioned in uh, corinthians and in thessalonians saying that the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised unperishable and we shall be changed thessalonians says with the sound of a trumpet of god the dead in christ uh, will rise first then we who are alive and left will be caught up and um, people point to that kind of thing but god's voice is a trumpet in lots of different contexts um but you know you, it, it's interesting how some people point to that and say look yeah. there we Let, let's um thanks ben that's really good um just for those of you listening um we're talking about you know we know from the scriptures there are definite there, there's this calling up and catching up to meet the lord in the air that is indisputable it's described as ben said there in in thessalonians and one or two other places um, you know, uh, we will meet him in the air. We sing that in the song uh, as this this catching up and what we call the rapture. Now, the uh, what's what's um, uh, argued about with with regards to the rapture is when does it occur? We know that what's going to be described is this time of tribulation, time of 
if you like, judgment on the earth, time of shaking. It's, it's sometimes referred to as Jacob's trouble. And um, it's seven years, and there's three and a half years is, is particularly intense. But um, the, the different theories are, well, some say that the church is, is taken up before any of this even begins. Uh, that's the pre-tribulation rapture uh, be uh, belief. Others say, oh, yes, the church is, is taken up in the middle of the tribulation before God pours out his final wrath on those remaining. And um, there are those who, yeah, that's, that's sometimes called a mid-trib or a pre-wrath tribulation. And there's others, you know, and everything in between, if you like, there's, there's different things. And then the post-tribulation, you know, when Jesus comes once and for all, they say there's only one coming, one second coming. There's not, this argument would be, there's not, you know, like three comings. There's a second coming and he, he we, we meet him in the air on that second coming just the once there. So that would be the post-tribulation rapture um, theory. So, yeah, there's a lot of ideas. And I think as we go through Revelation and other places, we can we can speak about the different arguments um, I would say, dear friends, I mean, I'm my own position is I'm not a pre-tribulation rapture um, uh, proponent because, you know, if I can, I can I give a bit of my, my I don't <laughs> want to sway you guys. But, uh, you know, for me, if you look the whole sort of breadth of scripture and, and even the Lord himself, there's something about there's the suffering um that is produces in god's people something something beautiful something wonderful something you know um the the salvation you know god just like jesus rather he went through that suffering and we are to share in the fellowship of his sufferings as well so this idea that oh goodness there's going to be some shaking and suffering and everywhere removed before any of that happens um, well, I would have a problem with that. I, I mean, there has been some great, almost like, you know, terrible, should I say, um, tribulations coming on huge um, sort of societies of saints. We could think of during the, the Second World War. We could think of during the, the um, Soviet Union. We could think of, you know, the Chinese church where people were you know, were, were, were imprisoned, persecuted, murdered, tortured, great swathes of them. And if you, you imagine saying to them, oh, yes, well, uh, this, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be taken up before there's any real suffering, where there's any real, real tribulation. God wouldn't want us to go through that. Um, that's one little argument I put forward. Another one I just say, I'm not going to hog it because it'd be unfair, uh, would say, if you look at as well throughout the scripture, in Daniel and in Revelation, the Antichrist, he makes war on the saints. You know, he, he goes after them. He immediately sort of uh, uh, at one point turns and goes after the saints. And, and surely the saints of the church, of course, those um, the pre-tribulation rapture might say, oh, that's Israel. Or they might say that's people who've been, who've, who were who saved after that tribulation. But anyway. That's uh, that's my own personal views. D come on, Pastor Akin, uh, what, mm -hmm. what do you want to say on this subject? You don't have to give your own views, but any I, I want to give you some room to, to just share. Anything. Thank you. 
Okay, uh, thanks, Pastor. I, I, I won't then. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just think that it's it's um, you know I think I think it's it's important for you know our, our, our listeners and, and and hopefully those who are interacting on on this podcast seem to understand you know our point of view and where we're coming from because we're we're not claiming to have um, if you like the, the you know the exact you know meaning or interpretation of of these scriptures. Yeah, we're we're studying the scriptures. We're we're looking at um, different viewpoints. We're looking at different uh, opinions, and I mean, and yes, and out of that, we are forming our own, uh, if you like, you, you know, I, I I don't want to use the word preference, but what our own beliefs from mm. our understanding yeah. of the scriptures and from our study of the scriptures as well. And um, I, I think we would like yeah. to, I think we'd just like to to commend, you know, our, our listeners, our, our viewers, to to do the same thing. To actually, you know, to study the, the Word of God for themselves and and to let the the Spirit of God speak to us ourselves, because it's like it's just like interestingly, you know, that the Book of Revelation, um, I guess it's it, 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 it's Old Testament equivalent would be the Book of Leviticus. They're, those two books aren't. I put it this way: they're not my favorite books in the Bible. But one thing that I have learned is that, um, you know, through through these studies that we've been doing week on week, it's what 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 I have learned is that if if it's in if it's in the Scripture. Then it's something that God, uh, you know, He sees as being very important, and He wants us to know about these things. So even though on first reading of them, or the second, or even the third reading, we might not necessarily say, "Oh, I understand what what that means." Now, it doesn't mean that it's it's something that we can put to one side and think, "Well, I, you know, I've read that once, and I don't really understand that, so I'm just going to leave that bit aside." It doesn't really matter that much. Because I was, because I was, when I was thinking about it this evening, I was just saying to myself, "Lord, you know, this study, especially of these." What's happening here? This throne room of heaven. It's just like if you, if you, if we, we you, know, you just look at it from, um, you know, a personal standpoint of my, my own understanding of things. It's just something that's beyond my understanding. We haven't got to the. We're still here talking about, you know, John's experience right at the beginning. We haven't even got to the, the, the those creatures, the four creatures. You know, we haven't started to to look at it in depth as, as to, you know, what what uh, as as Ben was saying earlier, is that symbolic or is it literal? We haven't even got into that yet. And the thing that just struck me was like, you know, I, I believe that you know the. The Lord was speaking to me and he was just saying, he's just like, you know, your father, when my father, when I was younger, he told me so many things. He was advising about so many things. And at the time he was talking to me, some of it didn't make any sense at all. It was especially when I was a teenager and he was trying to talk to me about the value of money, the value of things. And I hadn't even, I had never had a job. I'd never worked before. So he was telling me all this stuff and it was like, it is, okay, all right. But I didn't, it didn't really mean anything to me. But then as I as I grew older and as I began to encounter and experience these things, a lot of the things that he was saying to me, oh, I understand what he was talking about now. And some of that stuff, I'm saying the same thing to my children as well. And I see that, you know, in the, in the scripture, it's like that. There might be certain things that we might come across. We might not understand it right now. It might not make any sense to us. We might be thinking in our where we are in our Christian walk. We don't really need to talk. Why are we talking about post-tribulation and pre-tribulation? I, I don't want to know Jesus. I want to know this. But the, the bottom line is that if it's here in the scripture, it's important. And it's something that even if we don't fully understand now, we need to understand because heaven, this place, in this is where we're going. If we're believers in Christ, Jesus, we're, we're going here. And so uh, we need to understand what it's what it's like there. What are we going to, what are the things that are going to, we're going to encounter there? And even in my study of this, it's what it's, what it's done for me is maybe think more heavenly in terms of my thinking, 
you know, yeah. what would I be, have been doing during the hour, hour and a half that I was studying this and I was reading this? I would have been doing something. I don't know what I would have been doing, but I wouldn't have been, you know, studying the scriptures, thinking about heaven, thinking about these creatures, thinking about this experience that John had, that uh, the Lord opened this door to him in heaven. And yeah, yeah, what was it? Was it literal? Was it symbolic? Mm -hmm. Whatever it was, that God showed him something. Yeah. And it was something important that he wanted the church to know about, for us to be prepared for where we're going as well. And so, yes, Pastor, you know, I, I do have my views on post and pre, but what, I, what I'm really trying to get out of this is like, Lord, they, God, God wants to speak to us, isn't he? He's speaking to us through yeah. his word and he wants to prepare us for that which lies ahead. So I think that's the attitude that we need to have towards this, reading this book of Revelation. Well, this is God speaking to us. He's speaking Amazing. to me, yes, speaking okay. to you, all of our listeners. Yeah. And it's important. Let's listen to what, as, as we've been reading those letters to the church, he said, he who has an ear, he says, let him hear. You know what the spirit of the lord is, is is speaking to the church and that's you and me and so Amen. that's what i've said lord i also want to hear so when when you're talking when ben's talking i'm just like taking it all and i'm thinking right i've got more studying to do and i just want to, to really to grasp what god is saying to to the church through this Fantastic. scripture we'll ask him afterwards where he stands <laughs> <laughs> yes thank for, you for jay my... great uh lovely yeah. comment there from jay saying you know we need to approach it with humility doing our own sort of research and uh be open-minded about it um, and, and yeah but but whatever we do we're, we're called to be ready to have our oils filled with lamp so good Jay absolutely and Jay goes on a bit later to put with a smiley face but I am post-trib Jay well done I will allow you to teach at Bright City now <laughs> uh, just to let you know that. <laughs> great Wonderful. Anyway, just joking. Right. Well, let's um. So good. Come up here and and uh, yeah, we'll pick up on some of these things um about the the different ideas. But yeah, as as um Pastor Akin was saying, look, these things are there, and and God, this is His revelation. After all, He is revealing things to us, and uh, let's uh, let's be open. Uh, once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne so he sees a throne someone sitting on it and the one who sat there had the appearance okay so so we've got here the appearance we've got some colors mentioned jasper carnelian the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian and there's a rainbow uh, encircling the throne resembling an emerald also an emerald okay what have we got for this one? I've got a I've got a meaty one on this one. So I'll kick us off. Did you know, and maybe you came across this, gents, that you you know, dear friends, on the on the front of um the priest's breastplate were these precious stones. I've may I may have mentioned this already, and each one represents a tribe of the the uh, the people of Israel, the twelve tribes. Now, now these three colours, jasper, carnelian, and emerald, are all within those twelve stones. So, jasper, the carnelian, and the emerald. The jasper represents the very first and the youngest tribe, Benjamin, and carnelian represents the eldest tribe, Reuben. So, you've got, if you like, here on the throne, you've got the first. And the last in the tribe, Jasper and Carnelian, Benjamin and Reuben. And then Emerald represents Judah, which, of course, is the tribe of Jesus, the tribe of the Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. So here you've got, you know, if we think of the, the this sort of 
Judeo-centric kind of thinking of of and and and, and you know the all the 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 kind of the Hebrew and Jewish um, symbolism here. It's uh, very interesting, and and there's there's more to come. But who's going to pick up on this one? That's that's amazing. I I I, want, I knew there was some link there with the uh, the breastplate of the priest, but I, I didn't get time to go into it. So that's yeah. Again, the symbology is just incredible. I mean, I I was looking at the actual stones because. Uh, we're seeing this thing, you know, if we take it literally, I was thinking, well, okay, what is a jasper? What is a carnelian? What do they look like? And there's a, there's a kind of caution with this because uh, okay. it's got a description of God. But uh, through the ages, you know, in the Ten Commandments say we should make no image of God. And so it's it's interesting that they've they've kind of described God, but they haven't gone into like real detail of him. Um, but I kind of went through... Uh, some of the other visions of God, because there's a few in the Bible of the same thing. Like John is seeing what Isaiah saw, what Ezekiel saw and what Daniel saw. And it, I thought, well, right, let's have a look. Let's go back and have a look at each one of those visions of, of this that John is seeing. Yeah. And uh, let's have a look and see what, what other details there are, you know, that, that correspond to God. And, uh, and you know, there, there's so much there. Uh, and some of the stuff we've covered, like, um, like for instance, as a starter, Daniel says that when he saw the Ancient of Days seated on the throne, his clothing was as white as snow and his hair was like pure wool. And we've we've seen a lot about white garments representing purity. And then he's, you know, Daniel says that he was on a throne of fiery flames and it, it, it had wheels that were burning fire. Uh, and that's Daniel talking about this throne with wheels on the bottom like a chariot and of course we you know we go we go to ezekiel and ezekiel is all about the wheels isn't it wheel, wheels within a wheel yeah. uh, and he sees this this thing but he sees it from underneath which is really interesting um and when we get onto our bit about angels you'll see we'll maybe talk a bit more about what's underneath the throne you know he he ezekiel sees this same thing back in the old testament that john's seeing now at the end of the new testament and he, he describes things like a, a, a um, he says like there's a, a crystal expanse. Um, he's underneath and he says, he's looking at some of the angels and he's saying, well, there's a crystal expanse over their heads. And I'm going to look, be, I'm just seeing beyond that crystal expanse, this this figure of a, of a human that is, you know, this fiery, this fiery human sitting on the throne. Um, and, and John's kind of, he's saying, he well, there's a... familiar with the, those... Uh... Yeah, yeah he would have done, wouldn't he? Right. Yeah. He he's seeing it. He's saying, "Well, there's a crystal sea here," and you know other details. There was so much. I mean, oh goodness. Um, Ezekiel talks about you know a stormy wind, a fiery cloud, and then he. I'm trying not to jump into these angels, these four living creatures, because they they just blow your mind. Um, yeah, you know the Lord on His throne. The, he has a the, the train. If you his robe fills the temple, he's wearing a robe. His appearance of sapphire. Ezekiel says, John says, Jasper and Carnelian, a voice that sounded like a trumpet and shook foundations. And he, he Ezekiel actually mentions the rainbow, a bright rainbow around the throne. And then John oh, adds yes. detail. Yes, says, yes. around the throne, an emerald rainbow. Yeah. Uh, what about this uh, rainbow? What what do we make of the rainbow? Uh, Pastor Akin, do you want to? Yes. Just, just um, yeah, I, I mean, w what I was thinking about when, when I was reading this, I, I was thinking sometimes, you know, when... 
what you know when like you said ezekiel daniel you know isaiah and here we see john that they're, they're, they're caught up into heaven they see a vision of heaven and they're trying to explain or to express you know what they've seen uh, using terms that would have been familiar with the people that they were talking to and i, I, I sometimes wonder what it would have been like if someone uh, you know i don't know when the, the, the first television was created but before the advent of television and somebody was trying to explain you know that the internet <laughs> when, when they have we haven't even had a television and the, I, just, I don't know what how they would have explained it you know all sorts of weird you know, mm. in, in, for, yeah. for that time and sometimes i look at some of these things and it's exactly like that they're, they're in such awe of what they're actually experiencing when they are in heaven that mm -hmm. you know that they're, they're, they're what they're what they are trying to to use to explain what they're seeing so it's like to us it's kind of like it's beyond our um our understanding or imagination yeah. about about the rainbow though pastor and what i did read about that and i did come across the the stones representing the the, the you know the tribes of israel i did come across that I, I also came across something that ben was alluding to there about the the white being god's holiness and god's purity and uh, the, the red though i come someone mentioned the red being um the, uh, the the shedding of the the blood of the lord on the cross so, so that you know that's the is that the sardis that's the um because uh, my translation we've got jasper i've got sardis as well so that that's what yeah. they've explained that away as and then the um the rainbow again is, 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 from what i've read one of the trans uh, the comments i read said that it was an expression of god's faithfulness you know the the rainbow after the um the flood of, of, the, of the time of noah that that was the, an expression of that that uh, god's uh, faithfulness um that was what that rainbow represented so again we're we look, we're looking at this um symbolic versus literal you know which which one is it and yeah, different yes, yes, commentators yes. have got different views on, on what they what they all represent yeah and and <laughs> ask the question um sorry if i'm being thick but how can you have a rainbow with just one color like emerald <laughs> good question well it's sort of it's a rainbow that's like resembling an em emerald maybe it was um yeah, we, we can imagine. What do you think? Maybe it was mainly greens. And it, well, it, the, the commentator that I, I, I was reading, he just said it was a rainbow, but um, the, the the green part of it, it was. It, well, how did he put it? Now it was like that was the most prominent aspect of it. But it was still. A, it wasn't just. A, it wasn't a rainbow of one color. It was a rainbow of many colors. But the green aspect of it was was most prominent. That that was how he yeah, explained yeah. that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so D, we are color. all learning. Yes, great. So. And then we've got um, surrounding the throne, 24 thrones, 24 elders. Where do we get the 24 from? We, we, we obviously, we're very aware, well, it's, this, this, this makes us think of the 12, but why 24, double? Um, what's going on here? They've not all got married and sitting with their wives. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. I think we've got um, a description, like, it, 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 again there's many interpretations some would say okay that's uh you know the 12 tribes of israel from the old testament and the 12 disciples from the new testament and and then some would say okay in the old testament you had 24 priests and they they it was like a government 12 the the number of government um oh, and yes, it's yeah. it's uh 24 priests in the temple that that kind of ran their courses in the temple they each had a slot and there were 24 cycles of priests and you know so, some would say there's 24 saints that represent the raptured saints along with the seven spirits of god representing the raptured church but then others would say you know it's not too important about the number and, and what they are it's just 
a picture of seven things and seven representing I'm not saying 24, seven, sorry, yeah. 24, 24, two times 12, 24, representing just governmental perfection in heaven. Yes. Um, the number, the number, and even, even that they're, what they are isn't important. It's just a symbolic concept of perfect government. Um, yeah. So there's it, lots, lots of different views. Interesting that it says they're dressed in white and they've got crowns of gold on their heads. This does seem to kind of allude to, we've looked at the imagery already in the, um, even in the letters to the churches, you know, you will be, those who are admitted are dressed in robes of white, aren't they? This seems to suggest that maybe they are um, saints or, 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 you know, as in, as in, as in, um, you know, like us who've been admitted and crowns of gold also is a, a symbol of salvation, isn't it? So um, possibly showing that these are those who've been admitted to the kingdom in some way. In some way, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's just interesting as, as, as we're talking, a lot of these, um, it, we, if we do want to refer to them as, as symbols, like the, the, the stones, the, the 24 elders, there, there, are some, there are things that would have um, resonated quite, quite a lot with, with, with John. Because it, from what we're saying, there are things that, uh, like the 12 stones, for example, the tribes of Benjamin and uh, Judah, that would have resonated with him. You know, the 24 elders, like, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't come across what Ben said about there, but that, that's correct, wasn't it? 24 priests, I, I beg your pardon, not yes, 24, yes, 24 priests who ministered yeah. to the Lord. It's, yeah. it's basically they would have ensured that the, you know, that the temple worship was, was going on, yes. 20, you know, yeah. continuously, basically. And that's what we see here, the elders continuously worshiping the lord it's, it's it's so amazing that um this is you know this vision is 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 is, is so uh much intertwined with the with, with the old testament that john would have been very much familiar with it because we mustn't forget that the, the new testament w wouldn't have been written at the time when he was um receiving this revelation so so much of this he would have been familiar with the with ezekiel and, and daniel and isaiah's visions as well and it's it's this whole thing about the Old Testament, the New Testament, God being the same, and it, it, how uh, they, they, they are um, intertwined, yeah, good, and you, can, good, you yeah. can't um, separate the, the two. Is like Wonderful. throughout the thread of the whole Word of God, they, they, it's all it's all meshing together. And uh, I guess the more we spend time with the Lord, the more mm -hmm. we spend, we, we actually understand that. Yeah, the old and the new, it's, yes, they are. Amen. You know, Jesus came to fulfill that. You know, yesterday, today, yes. and forever. Yeah, and forevermore. Yes. Amen. And uh, Jay saying there, thank you, Jay. Emeralds come in diff many different shades of green, and it's the color with the highest number of shades. So brilliant. Uh, maybe Ben's uh, bought her a few emeralds. She seems to know a lot about them. Um, so, yeah. Great stuff, Jay. Okay, so we're going into... From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbles and peals of, of thunder. Ben was um, referring to some of that imagery as well that, that, that reminds us of of even Old Testament uh, imagery of, of God and, and his throne. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven, I mean, my, my, um, my translation says seven spirits of God. Some say sevenfold spirits of God. Uh, so, so this is saying spirits of God as opposed to the lamps, which are the churches of God. Any comment on this one? What, what do we think? I can I I I share what I can share what I came across. Yeah, that um, no, yeah, yeah, my no translator it does say which are the seven spirits of God. A commentary that I have come across is saying that this was was a manifestation of the of the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit isn't, you know, um, what, what's that word? And it cannot be seen as a person, as it were. And so he, te he tends to be manifested. So we see the Holy Spirit alighting on the Lord like a dove. And, uh, and on, but on this occasion in heaven, he's, his representation or his manifestation is actually by this, uh, the burning fire, basically. Yeah. So that, that's what I came across. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I came across, you know, seven is a number of perfection. So we think of the or in completion, you know, the sevenfold Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. Yeah, yeah. And thank you. Uh, Peggy says, if you want to know, ask a woman. Well, is that referring to, uh, I presume she's referring to emeralds. So um, otherwise, we, we need a woman on the panel, don't we, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we really do. So Peggy, if you're available, uh, let me know and we'll get you on the panel. So, also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Ben, you you alluded to this again. It's imagery that has come up um, before. Uh, what else can can we say about this? It reminds us as well, doesn't it, of the big sea that they call is it the lava, uh, the big sort of cleansing bowl that was was like a sea. It was so uh, huge yes, outside in, the in front of yeah. the temple. Yeah, yeah. The cleansing over. Yeah, I mean, it could be symbolic of that. It's um, it's interesting that, uh, well, you know, looking at Ezekiel, that he's actually underneath that thing that is uh, it's described as a sea or a layer of crystal, uh, and God's kind of throne or chariot kind of sits on it, and then there's things going on underneath it with, like, these angels, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute. But um, it's, it's just, um, again, like Aiken was saying, you've got a first-century man trying to describe something that is probably beyond yes. his ability to mm. describe. Um, and so he's saying, well, it looks like a crystal sea. It, it's really interesting. I mean, that, uh, as soon as Aiken said that about uh, people trying to describe stuff like the internet, one of the preachers, uh, Mike Bickle, he, he heard of a vision years and years ago, like probably late 70s, early 80s, of people in paddy fields with TVs in their hand watching worship uh, as a kind of precursor to his movement, the 24-7 prayer, not knowing that years later mobile phones would be absolutely common uh, and we people could watch, you know, 24-7 prayer and worship wow. literally in their hands while doing their work in paddy fields in China or, wherever, or Japan or wherever. You know, he's trying to describe these things. Yeah. In, I mean, this guy, you know, he's from a rural background. You know, he maybe didn't have the vocabulary or the to describe what he was looking at. So he yeah. says, like a crystal sea. Or and a lot of the stuff they say is, you know, I'm looking at this thing and it had the appearance of this or it had the appearance of that. So he's he's linking it to things that he knows, like he would, you know. It, it's you know, you say it looks like this, it looked like that. So I think you know you have to kind of yeah bear bear with him and uh, you know maybe it was a crystal sea of of sorts, but it, it it's interesting, you know, all these little details. You kind of you know, does it represent something or is it just as it's seen? Um, very very interesting. Great, thanks. Right, we're coming to these incredible. Four living creatures, they're called. Um, it says they're covered in eyes. They've got wings, and even the wings are covered in eyes. Um, I mean, this this description is is more sort of almost more terrifying than you, than you would see on any kind of horror movie. Not that I watch horror movies, guys, but uh, I've seen them in the past, and it, 
absolutely sort of almost, you know, awe-inspiring stroke, horrifying images, aren't they? Yeah, this isn't your Christmas card angel, is it? Or your Christmas tree angel, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, this... Um, you wouldn't be sending this sort of as a Christmas card. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I think you can actually get... I've seen on Facebook, you can actually get an angel like this for the top of your tree. Some of those people were doing... Uh, it was like a meme saying if angels were that described as they were in the Bible and you get people with these weird like aliens things on top of their trees, but you know, trying to be an accurate representation of them. Mm. Yeah, describe. interesting you, you say they're angels, Ben, and, and I'm sure, you know, uh, you've got a good reason for that. It says these living creatures. Um, you know, why do you say angels out of interest? Interesting. Well, I, I you know, I when I first became a Christian, I, I, I you know, you get, you get lots of books. And, and um, in fact, Billy Graham, the, the famous evangelist, mm. had a book on angels. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, you know, I'll really, this is interesting. Let's, let's have a look at this. He was really helpful in this. And, and the whole book is brilliant about the role of angels and, and, you know, talks about angels in heaven. But one of the chapters is about the, the kind of the the, the how does he put it like the, the structure of angelic beings or that they're their hierarchy if you oh, like yes hierarchy yeah. and he he talks about like archangels and he talked mm. in the bible we have an angel called michael yes. who will i'm sure we'll, we'll get to at some point in revelation and he you know he's like the war angel you know wars yeah. against the devil and he's like yeah. he's like chief angel Yes. You've got Gabriel, everyone knows the angel yeah. Gabriel came to Mary. He's like a messenger angel. Yeah. Um, he's not described as an archangel, but his role would suggest that he's of that, that order. Yeah. But then, then there's a, a couple of others, uh, you know, angelic beings that are described. And, and that these ones are, are the ones that we're looking at. You start off like with, with going back to the visions that we talked about earlier on of angels and, um, with like Ezekiel uh, uh, and Isaiah, especially um, in Ezekiel, I spoke about you know there was there was a view from underneath the throne, yeah. and Ezekiel describes seeing seeing these these things. What, what does he say? Four living creatures. Each one had four faces. One was a human. On the right side was the face of a lion. The left side was an ox, and then I guess at the back was the face of an eagle. Uh, had four wings, two outstretched, uh, and two covered their bodies. And their appearance was like a burning coal of fire, and they were like torches going to and fro. Um, and from the fire appeared the appearance of lightning. And we've already read in Revelation about lightning, and you think, well, are these, you know, these angels flitting about um, lightning? But then in Ezekiel 10, we go back to a vision of, of God actually leaving the temple. And Ezekiel again describes these creatures, but he names them as something called cherubim. Ah, and you nice. know, some of the some of the hymns that we we talk, we sing, yes, you know, you, yes. cherubim. Uh, and they're underneath seraphim. So these oh, are the different yeah. levels of angels. Ben, listen, this is <laughs> this is amazing. We've come to this incredible moment, and these incredible creatures. We've just sort of run out of time. I wonder if this could be a good place. You know, we might have to hold this and we'll really sort of expand on it in the next episode. But I would say, friends, as well, as we finish on this, uh, we're just starting to look at these incredible cherubim, as Ben has, has uh, now showed us, told us what they are. You know, interestingly, in this 
in these days, have you noticed that this kind of there's a, an interest in angels uh, has has arisen and you can you can sort of buy, I don't know, books about your angels and, and how to communicate with them and this, that and the other. Lots of things about angels. Can I just say that um, we are not to to in any way engage with, communicate, try to connect with or communicate with angels. And, and that is a, a, an area of great danger. The only mediator that we have to talk to in heaven and to even go to God the Father is through Jesus Christ, is to pray to the Father, in fact, in the name of Jesus, we, we, we pray. We're not to contact any other being, those we know these beings exist, but that could open you up to, you know, to evil forces, to demons, in fact. And so, uh, so I just want to leave that word of salutary warning um, you know, yes, there are angels are real, but we are not to 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 communicate with them at all. Um, any, I know we've run out of time, but any, anyone want to comment on that one? It's just yeah, just a quick one, Pastor Ian. Yes, just to say sorry, Ben. Just to say that you know, I hope uh, our help, uh, I, I should say, comes from the Lord and not and not from angels. So it's this: the Lord is the one that that we, we're seeking, like you said, not not angels. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> That's ben, what I was going to say, yeah, absolutely right, Pastor Ian. You know, you don't mess with stuff uh, that, that belongs to the Lord's kind of direction. And uh, I just think, you know, if you're in any doubt, watch the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark with Indiana Jones. You'll see that they're, they're not to be messed with. They're God's uh, prerogative. And, uh, yeah. you know, they serve him. They're his servants of fire. Um, and you don't want to get burnt. Thanks. Ben, both of you, thank you so much uh, for tonight. Um, ben, some fantastic uh, stuff you've researched there. We can't wait to get the rest of the meat on the next episode. <laughs> so bless you. It has been a great uh, episode and I've enjoyed it myself. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Pastor Akin. And thank you all for joining and commenting. It really makes a difference, you know, when we engage together. Have a brilliant uh, week and we'll see you really soon. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.